Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Blood bought. Praise the Lord. We're gonna, we just want to make sure that always on Mother's Day, my hope is when you leave, that you felt celebrated, felt loved, felt appreciated, felt special. Amen. And know that we love you. As moms, you're very, very special to us. Those that are watching online, amen. My mom is watching online, the most precious, best. I got the best mom, by the way. So all y'all are a close second. Amen. But my mom is watching right now. And I'm going to do this while I'm remembering. Don't put it up yet, Joelle. But I, I went to see my mom. She's not here today, but she was here last week. Hopefully you got to meet her. And uh, she gets better, better looking every day, more pretty. And uh, she, if you don't know, she's a walking miracle. She should have died about four different times. And uh, she's doing great, but she didn't have a way to get here today. My dad had surgery on his back, a really serious back surgery. So uh, I went to see him then Friday, knowing that I, he, she wouldn't be able to come today. And I saw my dad and took him to a doctor's visit. So I get there about 10 o'clock and... And my mom was still in her room in bed. They were just laying down, relaxing. And so I walked in. She goes, oh, honey, I wanted to be in the living room when you got here. And uh, she, she can't get out there by herself, though, so her help wasn't there yet. So I sat down and talked to her for a little bit. And so I got my dad, and we went to the, to the visit. And I got back, and because my mom knew she couldn't be here today on Mother's Day, this is the kind of mom I have. She's always thinking about other people. She was all dressed up put her dress on and her makeup and her hair so she could take a picture with me. So I want to show that picture. Look at look how good she looks. Amen. But she got all dressed up just for me. I am her favorite child, especially when my other brother and sister are not around. She tells me every time when they're not around that I'm her favorite. Amen. How many else brothers and sisters know that? It's a trick. I've never heard her say that when the other ones are around, but I have the best mom. She's special. Mom, I know you're watching. I love you. We all love you. Can we all let mom, she's our, she's our church mom, amen? No, we love her. Praise God. I'm going to preach an interesting message for just a few minutes, and we're going to let you get to your families, but I, I believe it's a, a powerful one. I, I've, I've never read this before in the Bible. The title is Mary Joanna and Susanna. Interesting title, huh? Now, how many are honest in here this morning? Let me see if you're honest. You wouldn't lie in church, right? I know that we've all heard of Mary, even though that's not the Mary, the mother of Jesus that I'm going to talk about. And we've heard of Joanna. We've got a Joanna in our church. But we're not going to talk about her this morning. We're talking about a Bible Joanna. But how many honest people can say that they knew there was a Susanna in the Bible? One, two, Three very smart people. Amen. But I, I personally did not know. So all the rest of us did not know there was a Susanna in the Bible. Amen. And I've read the Bible through many times, and I never noticed Susanna. And so I want to talk about these three. I want to read in Luke chapter 7. I want to read just a few verses here that are really powerful. And uh, I want you, Mom, to see where you are. Are you a Mary? Are you a Joanna? Are you a Susanna? Are you another? Kind of relate your life to these things. But I, I, as we read this, it's one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. And it really depicts the strength of a mom and a, and a woman. So Jesus is invited by a Pharisee. This is Luke 7, 36. And, and, and says, Jesus, I want you to have dinner with me. 
Now, how many know that Jesus was accused a lot of eating with sinners? We know today we're not, we're not supposed to be like sinners, but the church needs to be with sinners because they're the ones that need a hospital and they're the ones that need help. And so Jesus was going. He even said, I didn't come for the healthy or the whole. I came for the sick. And so Jesus was accused a lot of times for being with the sinners. This particular time, he was asked to go to a Pharisee's house, which would have been a religious person. And so because of the way he was, the sinners followed him. How many would like the sinners to follow you today? I want to live my life in such a way that the sinners want to follow me instead of the other way around. He sits down. Jesus goes to his home and sits down to eat. And I like that Jesus liked to eat. How many like that Jesus liked to eat? Is anybody going to go eat after this? What a, when a certain, watch this, immoral woman from the city heard that he was eating there, she brought a beautiful, and I'm going to leave this verse up for just a second, alabaster jar, another version would be box, filled with expensive perfume. How many have ever heard about the alabaster box? There's songs that have been, matter of fact, I think it's the most, most written song, Christian song, most things have been written about this alabaster box. And this woman brings this alabaster box, and, and I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to begin to see what, what the strength and the sacrifice of a woman is, and the boldness. Imagine someone that the Bible is calling a sinner, an immoral woman, coming into a religious place and, and, and doing what she's about to do. Watch what she does with this alabaster box. She kneels behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she begins to wipe off her tears with her hair. Then she, keeps ki- then she starts to kiss his feet and puts perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, how many are thankful that Jesus wasn't just a prophet? He would know that some kind of woman is touching him. And watch this. She's a sinner. And so Jesus answers, knowing his thoughts. Some of you are glad that Jesus knows your thoughts today. Might as well be honest with him because he knows your thoughts. He says to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. So the man says, go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. So he begins to talk about this story of a man who loaned money to two people. To one person he lent 500 coins. To the other, 50. Leave that up for just a second. See, this is symbolic of of our life of sin. How many know that we're all on equal ground, but some of us have done worse things than others? But the truth is we're all on equal ground because we all equally need forgiveness. So he's saying this person over here, I lent 500 pieces of silver to. This one over here, I lent 50 pieces of silver to. So there's a big difference in how much he lent. Let's keep reading. But neither of them could repay him. This is a picture of our status in our lives. Whether we have sinned greatly or we think we have sinned little, we are still unable to pay for our sins. That's why Jesus had to come and die on the cross. Amen? And so it says, neither could repay him, so he kindly forgave them. How many are thankful for the forgiveness that Jesus gives us this morning? Amen? How many are really, I don't know about you, but I'm really, really thankful for his forgiveness. So he kindly forgave them and, watch this, canceled their debts. Someone needs to hear this this morning. He did not say that he postponed their debt. He did not say pay it later. He canceled their debt. 
had someone this week, and I love this, it's, it's accountability, reach out and say, hey, I need to tell you something I did, I want to pray, I asked the Lord to forgive me, I made a mistake, it wasn't a big one, don't worry, but it was a mistake that they felt was, you know, a mistake, and I thought it was so great that person wanted to do that, and I told that person, now that you have confessed that and you've said this is wrong, now you got to realize that that is forgotten. Jesus doesn't, doesn't just forgive us of our sins, he forgets our sins. And I know that's hard for us to, to handle, isn't it? Because in our, in our carnal minds, we, we do hopefully forgive, but how many of us have a hard time forgetting? A lot of people even say that. I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. We need to be more like Jesus and forget. But this, this debt was forgiven, and when the Bible says when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and then to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And the Bible says in Psalms that he forgives us as far as the east is from the west. And our sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. And so you might have the devil come along and say, hey, remember that sin you did? Remember that time you messed up? It might have been a day ago, it might have been a week ago, it might have been a year ago. And you need to say, yes, I do, but God doesn't. Because the truth is, God does not remember because he forgets it. He cancels it out, and it's no longer held against you. Amen? So the debts are canceled. And then he asked this question, who do you suppose loved him more after that? The one who was forgiven of 500 or the one who was forgiven of 50? He says, Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. The truth is this morning, church, if you're here and you have made great mistakes and you have been forgiven of big time things, you should be greater in your thanksgiving as well because that you know what Jesus has saved you from. How many know Jesus saved you from something this morning? Amen? And he says, you're right. He said, that's right. The one that has the bigger debt. Or, or in our, our understanding, the one who's messed up more. The one who's made more mistakes. The bigger sinner. Now we understand that all sin will send us to, to hell and keep us from going to heaven and being with God. But the truth is, we all feel like our sin's worse than somebody else's. But the truth is, Jesus forgives them all. Amen? And so he says, that's right. Now let's keep reading here. Then he turned to the woman who had broken that alabaster box and poured out that perfume. And he says, look at this woman kneeling here. This is the kind of woman that God is describing here. He says, when I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and with her hair, wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. These are all Jewish customs. But from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my head, my, my feet, sorry, with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, although they are many, have been forgiven. Amen? She has so, shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven only show, a little, only shows a little love. And Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Amen? The man at the table among them says, Who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. How many are thankful that we serve the one, the one in this world that can forgive sins? 
Is anybody in, in this side over here thankful that we serve the one that can forgive sins? They said, who is this man? But we know he wasn't just a man. But these women understood, and I want you to think for a second as we begin to talk for a few minutes about Mary and Joanna and Susanna. We talk about these women. There's many other in the Bible. We're going to talk about these three for just a moment. And I want to talk about Mary Magdalene. Some say that this is the same, same Mary that, uh, that we're going to talk about in a moment in, in the next chapter who was full of demons. And it, it kind of makes sense because it mentions her right away. But the wonder at the same time why they didn't say her name in, in Luke 7. Regardless, there was another story in the, in the Bible where Judas, because he was in the wrong heart, got mad and said she could have taken that money and given it to the poor, although he was going to take it for himself. That perfume, this is the kind of faith I'm talking about that a mama has. That perfume that she broke over her, over her master's feet the Bible tells us was worth, listen to this, one year's wages. Whether you make minimum wage in here or you make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, wherever you're at, imagine taking your entire wages for one year and giving them to Jesus. That's what this woman did. And this could very well be the prostitute that was selling her body for money and I believe that when she got re revelation of who Jesus was, she realized that she could be forgiven of her sins. She was hearing that people were being forgiven of their sins. And I believe that she went to Jesus and she made an act of faith to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all my money that I've made from this life that I used to live, and I'm not going to live that life anymore, and I'm going to take something that I can pour out on Jesus that will never be spent again. I'm not going to take that money and go buy things for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank the Lord with my thanksgiving, and I'm going to pour out my entire year's wages of doing the wrong thing at his feet in sacrifice for what he's done for me. Amen? That's a heart right there that we should, we should admire. Now, as you go on to look at the next chapter, Luke 8, if you've got your Bibles, it says in the next chapter, verse 1, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news and the kingdom of God, and he took his 12 disciples with him. We hear that a lot about the 12 disciples. But in this story, we're going to see the importance of the moms and the women and the strength of the women in the Bible. And it says in the next verse, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. So Mary and Joanna and Susanna were either cured of spirits or cured of diseases. And so we see here among them were Mary Magdalene, whom he had cast seven demons out of. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager. And there she is, Susanna. And many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. I want to leave that verse up for a second, Joely, and let's pray. Father, for just a few minutes, allow us to understand your grace, your power, your salvation this morning. Lord, let these moms and these women know where they stand. Who, who, who is, are you talking about? Who can they relate to in this story, Father? Where have they come from? Lord, what is their past? What is their future? What are things that are going through their minds? Lord, we just ask that you'd speak specifically to the moms today. 
but also to all the women and all the men in this place. And we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said? As we go over these three women, Mary was well, the one that would be very simple to see. She was the 500 coins. She was the 500 pieces of silver. Okay, She, she had seven demons. She had some serious problems. And she, can you imagine being, we don't know how long this particular woman was full of demons, but when you're demon-possessed, those demons are making decisions for you. And she is, it was doing things that she doesn't want to do, going places she doesn't want to go, and she gets delivered from these demons, and so she has a rough past. We have some people in this church who have rough pasts. People who have, who have been forgiven of some big things, made a lot of mistakes. And thank God that Jesus came for those kind of people. Is anybody thankful this morning that Jesus came for the hurting and what the world would call the very lost? Amen? There's Mary Magdalene. Then you've got Joanna. Joanna is interesting because as you read this, I want you to think about the time that they were living in. Today... As we saw at the end of that verse, I'm going to go back to it right there but at the bottom. It says, they, they contributed from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Today, it's not that hard for us to understand that because a lot of women work today. A lot of women work as well as the husband, two incomes. So it's not that hard to, to understand. But you've got to think in Bible times it wasn't that way. And for a woman to get money and have resources, that was a very difficult thing, and it was uh, not easy to contribute, and yet they were great contributors. We don't know how much, but they were a big support of the ministry, and they supported with finances, not just cooking, not just cleaning, not just helping, but finances. They contributed. But Joanna's interesting because what you have to understand is Herod is, so she's the wife of of Herod's Antipas business manager. Herod Antipas is the man who Jesus stood before in court. He is the son of Herod the Great. So he was a very, very, very powerful man. And I want you to think of the boldness that this woman had being married to a man who runs all of the affairs for the most powerful man in the land and somebody who is at odds with Jesus. Think about the strength, the power, and, and the, and the uh, guts that this woman had to contribute enough to be mentioned in the Bible as a great supporter of Jesus. If you don't know the Bible in the, cha- the prior chapter, you can read it later, to show how much they were at odds. In Luke 7, don't look at it for now, but you can read it later. They talk about Herod Antipas to Jesus, and Jesus calls him a fox. He says that fox. And so to think that this woman, one chapter later, is mentioned in the story as the wife of Herod's business manager contributing to the one that he called a fox, the, that called his, her boss a fox, that's pretty bold. Amen? I know we've got some bold women in here, amen, who are not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Amen? You're not, you don't care what people think. You care what Jesus thinks. Do I have any women like that in here this morning? You just care what Jesus thinks. Amen? We want to please the Lord. And the last one is Susanna. Here's what I'm going to be able to tell you about Susanna. It's like an American name in the Bible. That's all I can tell you. I, I'm really shocked that Susanna's there because it doesn't tell us anything about her other than that she was there, okay? 
and so Susanna's there, and she's just that person that's mentioned, and there's so many people in the kingdom of God and in the church. Many women are like this, that, that we, you might be someone like that in the church, like, she goes here? Or, you know, that person, they're married to so-and-so, or they go here. You don't know who they are, but they're a very important part in the church. That was Susanna. We don't know exactly what she did, but she did enough to be mentioned. And then there's others. It says, and the many others. Then there's other ladies that are mentioned there that their names aren't there. But I want to tell you something this morning, lady, and many of you women are like this. You don't want the attention. I can't speak for everybody else, but I can tell you, even though my wife gets up on this stage and she sings, my wife does not like to be in front of people. She does not like attention. She, she would be happy to never be in front of people, but God gifted her with a voice and she'll sing. But there's many women like that that are not looking for attention. They just want to be behind the scenes and they just want to glorify God and be strong moms and good wives. And we have a lot of women like that in this church. Amen. And we appreciate you this morning. And you know what? People might not know who you are, but God does. Amen. God knows who you are and you have a place. Amen. God knows who you are. Billy Graham said something. As I think about, you know, it's Mother's Day and and my mom's watching and I said this in the first service and I think I can only talk for my mom and I can only talk for my wife. I I mentioned in the first service she's back serving right now, but I, I thank God for my wife. I thank God for the strong woman that she is, the strong leader that she is. She's done a great job being a godly example to my daughters. And and I think that I have the best mom in the church as my wife. But that's because I have the microphone. Amen? I have the best physical mom, and I have the best wife as a mom. And and you guys will just have to argue about that later. Okay? Because I'm right and you're wrong. But your wife is great, and your mom is great. They're just a little bit behind mine. Amen? But God, Billy Graham, how many know he did some pretty good things for the Lord? He said this. He said, only, and I really agree. I just have a couple quotes here that I thought were really powerful. He says, only God himself can fully appreciate the influence of a Christian mother in molding the character of her children. As I listened to Pastor Mario say, come on, he knows that firsthand from his own mom. Me and him are both blessed to have mothers that have been serving God for a long time long time. And if it wasn't for our moms, we wouldn't be saved today. My mom has been my greatest cheerleader. When I, when I went and saw her the other day and she dressed up for me, did y'all catch how cool that is, by the way? She dressed up just for me. And like I said, I'm a favorite child and everything, but she just wanted to dress up just for me so she'd get a picture with me. But I reached down to hug her in that wheelchair and she just whispered in my ear, I'm so proud of you. I'm so blessed to be your, your, your mom. And she tells me all the time, every, every time I preach, I'll get a text today from my dad, and he'll say, great word. And my mom will send a paragraph, and it'll be a bunch of emojis. And she loves to call me pastor. She loves to say my pastor. She's my greatest cheerleader. My mom is such a blessing, such an example of a godly mom who doesn't want any hot spotlight. But, man, she's been such an anchor so much of what this church is and so much of what my, my life is and so much of what my kids are is because of my mom's character and my mom's strength. Amen? And it so many of you are in that place today again. So I say, Billy Graham says, only God himself can fully appreciate the influence of a Christian mother in molding the character of her children. You know, you see that in sports. Most of the time, it's the dad. That doesn't mean that the dad's not around. 
when, when that guy gets up, that football player, that basketball player, and says, hey, um, I just want to thank my mom for, for this Super Bowl ring, you know, this basketball championship. It's like, the, we're, you know, I know the dad's not there a lot, unfortunately, in today's society. But when he is there, you know, he probably taught the, the kid how to play. But the mom gets the credit because mom is mom. Can I get an amen? There's just something about mom. Amen. Another one is Charles Spurgeon. He says, I can't tell you how much I owe to the solemn word of my good mother. You know, I just take that personally to myself. You, I'm, I'm saying this this morning, and I say it every Mother's Day, and I say it as much as I can to her. She was the one that would always say, you're going to do things for God. You're going to be great for God. And she wouldn't continue to say that when I didn't want to hear it. I wouldn't be preaching the gospel today. She would say it when I didn't want to hear it. That's a good mom, amen? As the musicians begin to come, we're going to take some time to pray. There's another really good quote I found. Motherhood is priced by God. At price, at a price no man may dare to lessen or to misunderstand. I, I really truly believe that. As you, I tried to find some quotes, and there's not a, a lot that sum it up the way I'm talking about this morning. I really truly believe that you can't put in words the strength of a mom. There's just some, like I always say, just, just alone, the fact that y'all have babies. Alone, that's enough. You guys should get awards just for having babies. And especially if you have the, a few missing screws up there enough to have three or four kids. I just think that that's just like another level. Like if you, if you got past two and you said, let's have another one, I, I don't understand that. Okay? Because if you're new here this morning, I tell you the population of the world would be about 2 billion people, maybe, if men had babies. Because we would not have second and third and fourth and fifth kids and, and then be pregnant with one, have one, the, have one in the hand and one in the, in the oven, and be like, oh, I think I want another one. That wouldn't happen. Can I get an amen, men? I want to close with Proverbs 31. I believe that this church this morning is full of Proverbs 31 women. If you're blessed to be married to one or blessed to have one as a mom, then you're blessed. If you're a woman here this morning and you don't consider yourself a virtuous woman, I want to tell you that you are and you can be. Amen? That should be your desire is to be a virtuous woman. Amen? This world needs your examples. It says, her children, I sent this verse out this morning, stand and bless her. And her, watch this, her husband praises her. Husbands, when was the last time you praised your wife? Not a praise from like we praise God, but a lifting up. I tell you this morning, you wouldn't want to see what my house would look like if I did not have my wife. And I'm not talking about dirty because I'm not a dirty person. I, I wash my own clothes. I pick up after myself. I make the bed. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the decoration. I, I sit in my house sometimes. I'm like, man, this is nice. She decorates it so nice. She has a touch. But if you were to see my man cave, you would be amazed. It, it would, my, my, my house would look like this roof, just rustic, and uh, everything would be cluttered together. But I praise my wife for being a great decorator, a great um, mom, a great example. And so husbands, praise your wives. Amen? Let them know that they're doing a good job. Speak life over them. There's, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world. Listen to this. But I want to tell all of you this morning from your pastor, but you surpass them all. Amen? I say that to every one of you moms individually. You surpass them all. And you say, well, how can we all be surpassing everybody else? Y'all figure that out. 
Amen? I'm just telling you that I think you're all awesome. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, where are we at? Which, which woman is here today in this church? A Mary Magdalene? Someone who's been forgiven of much? Someone who's made a lot of mistakes? Someone who's maybe feeling like they don't have anything to give? But they have offered their lives like Mary did. She gave everything she had, a, a year's wages, to come before you and sacrifice that and say, I've been, I've been greatly forgiven. Or is it that bold woman like Joanna who was able to stand for Jesus in a culture and a time when the people were, who were hating Jesus, she stood up and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve this guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give to his ministry. I don't even know how that happened, God. I don't even know how she did that, but it makes me think of the many times in Costa Rica where women in our church had a husband that wasn't serving God and they so badly wanted to tithe, but they didn't have access to the money and they would make a faith move and they would get the tithe and they would pay it. And they were risking their, their marriages, they were risking their lives sometimes, but they were bold enough because they wanted to do what was right. Or Lord, maybe there's some Susannas in here this morning. People don't really know who, you, who they are, but you do, because you mention them in your word. Or maybe there's some others here that maybe feel insignificant. Maybe they don't get attention, but Lord, the truth is at the bottom, at the end of the day, they love you, and they want to serve you, and they want to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. They're not looking for accolades. They're not looking for a pat on the back. There's just something you've put in these women that's hard to put in words, Lord, when I try to describe my mom, when I try to describe a godly mom, I think Billy Graham said it best, only God, only you, Father, can truly let these women know how special they are. And my prayer this morning for these women, these moms today, is that they know how special they are, that they know how loved they are, that they know how important they are in the kingdom of God. Lord, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed and your Holy Spirit is moving Across this congregation, there might be some moms in this place today, some women in this place today that you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you're a, a daughter here. Maybe you're a mom and you're a daughter, and you're kind of following in the footsteps of your mom, but, but you've never really made a decision for yourself. You can't get into heaven on the coattails of your mom. You can't get into heaven on the prayers of your mom, although there's nothing greater than the prayers of a mama or a grandma. But you can't get there because of a mom that lived for the Lord. You've got to live for the Lord for yourself. Maybe you're a son. Maybe you're a husband. And, and you're not right with the Lord today. That the, today's the day of your salvation, the Bible says. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. The Bible tells us that all of us have to stand before God individually to give an account for our lives. And thank God for that mom that's praying for you right now. Thank God for that person who's standing in the gap for you. But it's personal. Jesus will say one day to you, what have you done for me? What have you done with my son, God will say? What have you done with the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross? And you'll have to answer that. You can say, well, I rejected it. Or you can say, I accepted it. Every one of us individually will have to make that decision. Today, all over this place, how many honest hearts could say, I need Jesus to become the Lord of my life today? I've never said that prayer. 
I've never made a, a faith statement to God and to the devil that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and today I want to be saved. If that is you, would you just lift up your hand all over this place? How many would say, that's me? I'm not saved today. All over this place. I'm just going to wait just a moment. I'm not asking you to become a member of this church. I'm not asking you to be a part of a religion. I'm asking you, what will you say before God when you stand before him, a holy God on judgment day? You might be a person here who, who, who owes that 500 pieces of silver. Or you might be someone who is a very, very good person. But being good does not get you into heaven. The Bible says our righteousness or our goodness is like filthy rags. The only way to get into heaven, Jesus said, is through me. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. I'm going to wait five more seconds if you've never said that prayer. Today's your day. The devil doesn't want you to change. The devil wants you to spend eternity in hell with him. He wants to lie to you and deceive you, but today there's salvation just put it up and say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want that. Maybe you're here and you know the Lord. You've said that prayer. You believe in God. You believe in Jesus. But today your life is not where you want it to be. You're not living the life that you want to live. You're not doing the things that you want to do. And today you just want to tell God, God, I want to come back to you. I want to come back to that first love. I want to have that love that I had when I first got saved if you'd be honest with God, no one's looking around today. It's between you and the Lord. Would you just say, would you pray for me today, Pastor? I want to I get back to the place I used to be in my life with the Lord. Just lift your hand up and put it right back down all across this place. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. I see your hand. God bless you. Let's stand all across this place this morning. Jesus loves you so much. How many believe that this morning? How many believe Jesus loves you? Amen. He loves you so much. And moms, we're going to open up this altar. We're going to pray for your needs. Maybe you've got physical needs. I have no doubt some of you are praying for kids. I have no doubt some of you are praying for relationships. You're praying for situations. We believe this morning that God is here. We believe he's in this place. As that song said, we'll be saying earlier about Jesus. We speak his name. And when we speak his name, something happens. Amen. Moms. Be encouraged today. Know that your prayers are powerful. And know that when you come to this altar, as we open up these altars this morning, we want you to know that there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come pray for your kids. Come pray for your family. Come pray for your husband. Come pray for your marriage. Come pray for your finances. Whatever it is you need. The altars are open. Let's just spend a few moments in the presence of God this morning. And I want to agree with you today. For God to do a touch in your life. Amen. Not just the moms, everybody. Just come find a place if you want prayer this morning. It's an awesome, awesome thing to come to an altar and say, God, I'm, I'm just going to talk to you right now. I'm going to express faith right now. As you come, just think of the attitude that that woman had to have to walk into that room of religious people and break that perfume over that man's Jesus' feet and begin to wipe her tears with her hair on his feet. Humility, saying, God, I don't deserve this, but I, I come before you humbly this morning. Fathers, we worship you for a few minutes. I just pray that this message speaks to us, that there's no one that can't be saved, no one that can't be forgiven. And that, God, these women are so special and so important and so vital in the kingdom of God today.
I pray that in Jesus' name as we worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.